Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Today I want to continue talking about fasting. But as I'm doing this, yes, this is specifically, this is a God in the book of Isaiah coming in and talking to his people about their fasting and how they fast. And it relates really even, I would say that it's a re- even just a reflection of our lives. So whenever I am speaking these things, whenever I was reading these things, I'm thinking like, like yes, this is, <laughs> this is about fasting, but it's also just about how I live and who I am and who I'm supposed to be before God. And as I'm sharing these things, I hope that that's, you know, what you're hearing also. In Isaiah 58, God speaks to Isaiah and he, and he is, he says, cry aloud, spare not. He's like, don't, he, he tells him, don't hold back. Don't hold anything back of what I'm going to speak to you for my people. And even in that, it, it speaks to me because well, maybe this is just for me, but I heard those words and, and I feel like in many times that like, and, and we, I will say, I, I believe we all do this for one reason or the other, but we hold back. It could be our insecurities, what we believe about ourselves, what somebody else has spoken over us or about us or to us. But I feel God saying, cry aloud. Don't hold back. Spare not. Like, don't, don't hold anything back. Allow me to speak through you. Allow me to use you. Allow me to do these things in you that I have been wanting to do. Don't hold back. And then we speaks to Isaiah about his people. He's talking about how they're fasting and it really reflects their lives. And in 58.2, it says, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of their God. It sounds like it's going good so far. It says, They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Here's where it goes sideways a little bit when God's speaking to Isaiah about the people. He's like, you know, they are seeking after me and coming before me and asking me, what are my ways? What are the things that I want them to do? How do I want them to live? They are coming before me in all the ways that, that are right, but they're not right. And I hate to say this, but 
I feel that maybe God is speaking this. He's speaking it to me, he's speaking it to our church, but I feel like this is something that the church in general, the global church needs to hear God's people. It says, they seek me daily. Delight to know my ways. They delight to know my ways. They're delighted to know what I want them to do. But in verse 3, it says, they say, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, says, in the, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, your fast for strife and de- debate and to strike with a fist of wickedness. And he says, you will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is this a fast that I have chosen? This is God speaking. Is this the fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush? You guys know what a bulrush is? It's like a, a reed or a cattail. It's what they made papyrus out of back in that day. But they would grow like 13 feet tall and then just bend over and, you know. Is it that you bow down, that you're just hung over, looking all sad and a mess? Is that the fast that I've chosen for you? This is what God's saying. Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes because they would spread out cloth, sit themselves down on that thing and just cover them with ashes, like look how poor and pitiful I look. Look at me, I'm fasting. I said that before in the other message that I preached. But God says, is this the fast that you think that I've chosen? Would you call this a fast? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? So the people of Isaiah's day were doing the same thing as the Pharisees in Jesus' day. And they were coming to this place. They knew God. They, they were religious. They did the, the things that they thought were right. They asked God, how, how do you want me to live? And, and what do you want me to do? And Like, I'm going to do everything right. But the problem was it turned out to be more about rituals and and just doing the things so that they look like they're close to God instead of actually being close to God. They were trusting in the ritual instead of trusting in God. Say, look, we're doing these things. 
That's what God's speaking to his people here. Look, we're doing these things. Why, why aren't you speaking to us? Why aren't you doing these things that we're asking you about and, and, and to do? Why haven't you come and, and spoken? And he's like, did I ask you to beat yourself up? Did I, did I ask you to do it this way? See, real fasting is not about the ritual, it's about the relationship. A real walk with God is not about the coming to church or just doing the right things, but it's about the relationship. And because of the relationship, we will want to do the right things. Real fasting, real life with God, and coming before Him and falling at His feet is powerful. There is power. In Matthew 17, you have Jesus saying, These don't come out except by prayer and fasting. Meaning, spending time with God in prayer, coming in close with Him and fasting, taking and, and setting aside other things so that you can come closer to God. That is where this power, that strength that comes from in order to cast out these stronger demons. There's power in See, God was seeing through the hypocrisy of his people and that they were doing the right things, but for the wrong reasons. In Luke 18, there's a parable that Jesus tells about the Pharisee and the tax collector that come in to the temple. And in verse 11, it says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. Ooh, look at me. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So he comes in that tum temple looking all high and mighty, thinking he's all high and mighty. Thank you, God, that I'm not like this guy over here. I 
And in verse 13 it says, And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven but beat his breast saying God be merciful to me a sinner He wouldn't come close. He said, I, I'm not even worthy to walk forward and, and even get close. Barely even in the door. Like maybe I can just get in the back door of the church and, and stand there in the back, but there's no way I could come forward any closer. God, be, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I'm unjust. I, I'm a wretched person. Jesus says in verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's not that God or Isaiah or looking down on fasting. It's not that they're looking down on us doing what God is, of course, what He's asking us to do or how He's asking us to live. But there's a caveat to these things. It's not just about the looking or even just the doing. Because I, I mean, I'll tell you, sad to say this, but there's probably people that know God that are way more <laughs> that can say, I haven't cheated, I haven't stolen. I give millions of dollars to people. I help people. Like, it's not. About the things, it's about the God 
who loves you. It's about being humbled before Him. See, these people that Isaiah was speaking this word to, they were fasting, they were coming before God, but really they were coming before God so that they could win arguments, so that, they, so that God would help them to punish and, and do better at relegating people and they were coming before God so that they could be lifted up higher. They were coming before God so that even their enemies would be defeated. And you're like, wait a second. Like, what? Would we, we not pray that our enemies would be defeated? Well, in Matthew, it says to pray for your enemies. To pray for your enemies. Now God wants to do something <laughs> to defeat them and for them to know who he is, but not to defeat them so that they're destroyed. But sometimes we just want them to be destroyed. says, pray for your enemies and love those. Love those who persecute you. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to like them, but you have to love them. You know, you can see the difference. Like, I love you. You know, I, I love you because you're God's creation. Probably not going to hang around that much because I don't really like the way that you act or what you do. But I love you. And we have to see that it's not us versus them mentality. And I think that that's too prevalent in the church. That it's us versus them. Us versus the world. Us versus that person that's doing wrong. Us versus this person or that person. But see, God is saying this fasting is about actually them and not us. This fasting that you're doing actually should be about them and not about you. Like we may need to come before God and ask him to do things in our lives. When we come to God, ask him for healing and, and ask him to, to break these bondages or things that are holding us back, you know, these addictions or whatever they are, come before God and say, God, this is, I need you to come into my life and do this. God, I need you for this. And, and that is what we should do. But God is saying, listen, the reason I want to do that is so that you can be free, so that you can be healed. And then bring that freedom and that healing to those around you.
not us versus them, but do this in us for them. God, do this in me for them. And in Isaiah 58, 6, it says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Is this not the fast? It says, Did I tell you to fast bowing down like a bulrush, like a reed, you know, being all whatever, beating yourself up and covering yourself in ashes and fasting so that you can win the argument with your wife or your brother or whoever it is that you're arguing with. Did I ask you to, is this the fast that you think that I've chosen for you to do it that way? And he says, this is the fast. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. He's saying these things, again, like I said, in us, for them. Freedom in us so that we can bring freedom to them. Verse 7, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? See, not to win the argument with your brother, not to oppress the person that's working for you, not to just get something for yourself or to be lifted up higher than that other guy. But he says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover them and not hide yourself from your own flesh. In this, is not hide yourself from your own flesh. He's saying, do you realize that you are flesh and blood just like that person around you? Do you see? You're hiding. So many times we neglect to see that we are flesh and blood whenever we're persecuting the other person because they're flesh and blood. Skipping down to verse 10 for just a second, he finishes off by saying, Isaiah 58, 10, If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. So he's going, it's it's so much more, but he's he's talking first about our actions to, to really help people that are in need. But he ends up by saying, if you extend your soul to the hungry, he's saying, it's more about what I do in you, your spirit, And who you are, he said, if you send your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, it's so much more than just giving a couple of dollars to the person. It's so much more than just giving them a sandwich or or bringing them into your house. It's so much more than any of that. And he pulls it all together by saying it's about about the soul. 
about yours and theirs, that their soul be satisfied when it was afflicted. Because that's the real reality of what's happening is there are afflicted souls and we once were an afflicted soul, a soul that needed a Savior, a soul that needed healing, a soul that needed freedom, a soul that needed a Savior. He says, it's more about seeing not just the need of sustenance or the need of finances, but the need of the soul. The afflicted soul, the hurting soul, the soul in need of a heavenly father. The point is to live to free people not to burden them. That those that are are burdened by sin and shame, those that are burdened by bondages or addictions or things that have been holding on to them, they, they need freedom. See, so he starts out by saying, why are you fasting this way? Why, why, do you think this is what I want? And then he says, this really is what I want. This is how I want you to live, how I want you to act and to fast and to come before me. And then he says, and this is what will happen when you start doing it my way the way that I have set it up, the way that I want you to come before me. Starting in verse 8, Isaiah 58. says, if you, if you do this, if you, if you see that it's about more than just yourself and you've come before me, yes, so that you can be healed and whole, and yes, so that I can do things in your life, but understanding that it's coming not in a selfish way, but in a way that, that you could be somehow a help to someone else. That I can be whole. That, that I can be healthy and whole and strong so that I could do something for somebody else. I don't know who, but somebody. So that God can make me who I'm supposed to be so that I can be more than just a lazy lump. I, don't, I didn't know what else to say, but just, just, just more than just sit in a church. I was going to say a pew. We haven't had pews in forever. So we can do more than sit in a chair in a church. But if we come before him that way, he says, then this, something's going to happen. See, we want, we want the things to happen, and we, you know, just like, God, let this happen. God, let this happen. He's like, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen when you come before me in the way that I want you to come before me. 
Isaiah 58, 8. He says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. So he's talking, he's, he's talking about when we want God to do something. Like, you know, you're like, man, I'm having trouble with this person. Instead of hating them and trying to persecute them, if you love them and pray for them, all of a sudden, watch and see what God does. Watch and see. When instead of coming before him to fast so that you can be better than the other guy or so that you can persecute those that are working for you or win the argument, instead of coming before him in a fast that way and you come before him so that he can free you and free others, so that he can heal you and heal others. When you come before him that way, he says, then, whoo. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He got your back, man. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You said, why aren't you answering? He said, why aren't you following me the way that you should? Then you shall call and the Lord shall answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. I want whenever I cry, not like this, but whenever I cry out to God, say, God, that's what I, I, I mean, I know you're all that way too. You, you want God to say, here I am. Like you don't even finish saying, God. And he's like, yes, I'm here. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. So he's putting that back in there. It's like pointing it back to us. So like, listen. He's kind of reiterating some things, and, and then that's where he adds. It's about the soul. It's about the spirit. It's about the relationship. This is what it's all about. do these things. Verse 11, then, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in, the repairer of the breach. 
See, we like to say that there's a breach, there's a mess, there's a, there's a chasm. Things are messed up. Things are hard. Things, you know, things are just crazy around here, and I don't know what to do, and what's God going to do, and how does this get better? And he, he just told you how it gets better. He says, this is the kind of fast and the kind of coming before me that I want. This is the way that I want you to live, to live, yes, to be healed and whole, but so that others can be healed and whole, to live not for ourselves, but to live for others. And then that breach, then that mess, then that chasm, that thing, you're like, how in the world does this thing get better? Or do we get across this divide? How in the world? He says, you will be called. Anybody else want to be called? A repairer of the breach. You do. We do. We all do. It says, then you will be called the repairer of the breach. The restorer of streets. The streets. You know what, I, I get so frustrated. You know, when you talk about cities and, and you know, going different places and, and people are like, where are you from? And like, St. Louis, they're like, oh, you know? Like, streets of St. Louis need to be repaired. Yeah. Not just the potholes. I'm not talking patching up the, the black top. But the streets of our city need to be repaired. The breach needs to be filled in. And it's going to take God's people coming before Him and understanding who He is and who He wants us to be. Because this is what He wants. This is, right, He says, this is the fast that I want for you. This is the kind of fast. This is how I want you to live. This is how I want you to do it. Why? Because He wants to see that light shine from you into the darkness so that the darkness can be dispelled and cast out so that lives can be healed, restored, and finishing up so that the breach that's there can be fixed, that you can be the repairer of the breach and the restorer of the streets. You are going to be a restorer of the streets. Say, what streets? I don't know. Maybe it's just your subdivision, where you live. I don't, I don't know, but you're going to be the restorer of the streets. The place where there was oppression, the place where there was sickness, the place where there was bondage. 
where there was a heavy yoke, the place where all these things that shouldn't be there were there. You're going to be the restorer and the repairer of the streets. You're going to bring healing to those around you. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.